Hey friends, you're listening to the Difference Makers Podcast, and I'm your host, Jamie Mullins. On each monthly episode, we'll have a guest that will give us a peek into what it looks like for them to be a difference maker, a leader in the places God has given them influence. My hope is that it leaves you encouraged to use your gifts, passions, and story to make a difference right where you are. Hello and welcome to the Difference Makers Podcast. My name is Jamie Mullins and we're so thankful that you've chosen to join us for this episode. I'm super excited that today we have Megan Elmore with us. Megan is part of the Cross Timbers family and she is also the executive director, executive fundraiser, communications, marketing director, all of the things for a ministry called For the Love of Orphans in Zambia. And so super excited to have her with us today to share her story and um, how God led her to start this ministry. So Megan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I'm just so excited to be able to share my story and just all the blessings that God has done. Well, I, what I want to start with, we'll get to what you're doing in Zambia, but what I would love to start with today is kind of the story behind the story. I love for people to hear the backstory to how ministry started and how people started businesses and organizations, because I think for a lot of people listening, they may have this dream in their heart or this, this thing that's burning that they feel like God's called them to, but they think I can never do that. And so we stay paralyzed. So what I want people to hear today is your story prior to even starting for the love of orphans. So here at Cross Timbers, we call difference makers, followers of Jesus who use their gifts, their passions and their story to make a difference where God's given them influence. So let's start with like, what are some of your gifts and passions like prior to starting for the love of orphans? Well, I've always had just a passion for helping those um, in crisis or just in just rough situations and just being able to help in any way that I can, whether it's praying with them or sometimes people just need an ear to listen to what's going on in their life. And I used to, assist at a rescue um, for dogs here in Dallas before I went. And so it's just the small things. Um, But I never had an idea that I would have a passion and gift for children in Africa or Mm. orphans. Like, God didn't lay that on my heart until later. But what is amazing is that he opened up doors and prepared me for that in the future. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So we talked a little bit before the episode about your first trip yes. to Africa. So rewind, when when was it that you decided what led you to even go? Because that's a pretty big deal just to just say, hey, I want to go on a mission trip to Africa. Exactly. Actually, it started because my dad wanted to go visit his cousins in Kenya oh. who had been missionaries for 35 years wow. and were finally coming home. Wow. So he just mentioned, hey, I think I'm going to go see my cousins out there before they come back. I was like, well, I want to go to Africa. Let's go. <laughs> Adventure. Exactly. Um, I'd never been before. And that was in 2012. Mm. So we went. And while I was there is where God really opened my eyes because I thought you had to be a pastor or a nurse mm. or a teacher or a doctor to be a missionary. I mean, that's all you ever hear about. Right. So what am I going to do with my business management degree in <laughs> Africa? I mean, come on. So I ended up meeting a wonderful lady there who was um, helping with microloans. And I was like, wait, I can I can do that. Wow. So that is, that. I remember that night I went to my room. I just like wrote a little bit of a list of things that I was just feeling that were on my heart. And when I came back, 
God opened every single door within a month. Oh my goodness. And that is just how the how the journey began because in 2011, if you would have told me I was going to visit Africa, I would have said, you're crazy. <laughs> and then if in 2012, you said, by the way, you're going to be moving to Africa in 2013, I would have said, you're dreaming because that's never going to happen. I've also learned never say never because God has a great sense of humor. <laughs> he does have such a good yes. sense of humor. So then 2012, you surrendered basically to full-time ministry. Full-time. I came back from that trip and I quit my job three days later mm. um, because I was working great, great job, but it was with mortgage bankruptcies. Mm. And so here I am, one of the many people who is dealing with bankruptcies and pushing people out of their houses after mm -hmm. I just got back seeing people that were living in mud huts mm -hmm. and some of them on the streets. Wow. And it's just, there's no way I could do that. Literally um, just quit my job and said, okay, God, what next? And I started, I Googled <laughs> microloans <laughs> mission opportunities in Africa. Yes, I really did that. So Google, thank you. <laughs> And uh, it opened me up to a nine-month internship in Zambia. So cool. And I even asked them, can I stay a little longer? They're like, okay. So I did one year. And they're like, this is where God really works. Because mm -hmm. they said, will you help with the after-school programs with the kids? And I was like, no, I don't <laughs> like kids. I was just I was just straight. I was like, I will help you in health care. I'll do whatever. Just... Me and children are just not always the best. Okay, no problem. So I did. I helped them in the HIV and um, other departments of the ministry in Zambia. And then at the end of it, about three months later, people were like, where's Megan? Oh, just look for the group of kids. She's in the middle of them. Aww. God changed my heart, and he put such a huge burning fire for kids of passion, just full of passion, and just really opened the doors. And the way that For the Love of Orphans started was it started during my internship, had these two wonderful boys enter my life named Frankie and Simon. Mm -hmm. And their mother and them and a little baby came to visit me, and they needed transport money to go to a funeral. And they were really sick. I mean, they were coughing. I could just tell they were sick. I said, let's go to the hospital first. And they all tested positive for malaria and malnourishment. Mm -hmm. So they ended up admitting the mom, and she passed away two weeks later. And the next day, the baby died. So oh. Frankie and Simon were the only ones left with no family. And so we searched, and we found a distant cousin that we call her auntie. And she had nothing. Mm -hmm. she, she was living in a mud hut, thatched roof, no water, no nothing, barely any food. And she's like, I just can't. Mm -hmm. I would love to, but I just can't. And I said, okay, how about this? How about I pay for their school, their food, their clothes, anything that they need, but you give them the shelter and love of a family. Mm -hmm. And that was in February of 2014, and it is still going on today. Frankie and Simon are a huge part of my life. Mm -hmm. um, and that is really what we built the Orphan Care Center in Zambia off of, that model, mm -hmm. that vision right there. 
So God gives you this vision through, I mean, starting in 2012, but then he just continues to open up for you to see the bigger picture of what he was really calling you to, that yes. it wasn't microloans, that it was working with orphans when you didn't even really like children. Exactly. So then he exactly. shows you a picture of what it can look mm-hmm. like through these two boys. Mm-hmm. But I have to imagine along the way, even though like, obviously you have the gift of faith, so you clearly stepped out in faith, took a really big leap, continued to take steps towards what God was calling you to. But I've got to believe there was probably challenges along the way. And, and I think sometimes we, when we're trying to make a difference, when we, when we're stepping into what God's called us to, if we see roadblocks or we see obstacles, then sometimes we think, well, maybe I heard God wrong. Maybe this isn't really what I'm supposed to be doing. And so we retreat instead of pressing forward. Um, tell us maybe about an obstacle that you faced along the way and then um, how you press through that to continue forward. Honestly, I don't even know where to start because there <laughs> were so many obstacles. Um, I think the biggest one was just I I do. God's given me such faith. Um, I always root for the underdog. Mm. I am one of those that, you know, everything is possible. And having some of your family members and your best friends and people that you've always looked to for mentorship tell you, no, Mm -hmm. that's not going to happen. Like, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. was really hard because here, you know, I'm living in Texas and I have running water. And, you know, we, we have the opportunity of school and we have cars and we just have so many luxuries, um, that, is not over there. Right. I mean, when I moved over there, I have, I have no running water. Electricity is very sparse. Um, there's I use a taxi sometimes. Most of the time you walk. Yeah. It is hot. There's no air conditioning, and there's no pool, and it's just as hot as Texas summers. Sounds like a day at the spa. <laughs> exactly. And so when people are telling you, like, you can't, can't do, do it, it. Mm. I was just like, no, I'm. this is going to happen. God told me, and yeah. this is the one thing I've really felt sure about. And even though it is completely out of the ballpark of my characteristics and anything I've ever done in my life, I know that God has called me to do this. And I think that was my biggest challenge was just continuing to be focused on the Lord and have that faith and have that courage and have that strength to know that this is what I'm supposed to do and not listen to all the distractions and everyone who's telling you not to. That's so good. Mm -hmm. I think what you're saying so often, especially here, what you were talking about, there's a lot of noise. We have a lot of luxuries, but there's also a lot of noise. And so with that noise, those voices tend to be louder than God's oftentimes because his voice, I actually just heard a message this week that talked about the enemy. His voice is really loud and other people's voice in in our life can be really loud. And God's voice is this whisper because he's close. And so we have to like lean into that, that still small voice. So how have you been able to continue to do that? So obviously you had it when you started the ministry, but then I'm sure along the way, like there's been the the distractions or the Mm -hmm. lies from the enemy. You're not, this isn't for you. So how have you continued to press into that still small voice? Um, honestly leaning on the Lord for everything. Um, God uses everybody. And I say that because I am not qualified Mm. before this. um, I think I'd been camping once in my life. And I feel (laughs) like most of the time living in Zambia is pretty much camping. Um, I mean, I, for the first four years, I was taking bucket baths. I mean, there was no shower. There's no running water. And thankfully, about a year ago, less than a year ago, I put in running water. But um, 
you know, just being able to push through those challenges with the Lord and knowing that, one, nothing is a surprise to Him. That's and right. I have continued to tell myself that. And God uses everybody because I think we all have so much self-doubt, like, oh, we're not qualified to do that. Yeah. I might say the wrong thing. I'm not that nice. I mean, yeah. or I'm not an outspoken person or, you know, I don't know how to love people, strangers, but God puts all of that in us. I feel that all of us have this open heart and God just wants to be able to share all of his love through us. And being able to just be positive, especially living in Zambia, I um, am the only American within about a good hour radius. Yes. So I feel like I live in a fishbowl, 90% yeah, of a, a giant glass fishbowl where everyone sees your every move. And that can be really, really discouraging because your whole life is being picked apart all the mm-hmm. time and everyone's waiting for a mistake. Mm-hmm. But God is always there because he just, he protects you. He wants you there. And I think when I'm feeling discouraged, definitely homesick, when I'm missing Dr. Pepper <laughs> or something delicious <laughs> along those lines, um, it... It's God just saying, I'm here for you, and this is your calling, this is your passion, and these children need you, mm. and that's what keeps me going. Plus, the joy on the children's faces are just amazing. Love it. So tell us a little bit about the ministry that you do. I got to, Megan was sharing some pictures with me of part of their ministry and getting to see pictures of goats and and farms and and then kids that are going through school. So tell me how all of those things fit together with what you're doing. Definitely. So... Our, our model came off of how Frankie and Simon came into my life and how oftentimes parents die due to HIV or malaria and their brother or sister will take over and they already have their own five or six kids yeah. and they're barely able to make um, ends meet. Now here they have another five or six mouths to feed yeah. and that's just where things, you know, it's just hard. I mean, Zambia and the province I am is by far the one that's in the most poverty. And so what we do is we say, look, community, family is everything. And the last thing we would ever want to do is disconnect that. Yeah. So yes, the children stay with you. You provide them love and shelter. Let us help you by providing school. Um, we pay for their school fees, uniforms, materials. We also feed them because mm-hmm. most of these children only get one meal a day. Mm-hmm. So we provide meals at the center. And clothes, because most of the clothes are just hand-me-downs and hand-me-downs and hand-me-downs. And so we also give the children clothes. And so our vision at the beginning was just three days a week where we pay for their school, and then we would meet for Bible study and meals. And God said, I have much bigger plans for Mm -hmm. you. We now, uh, we started off with 17 children. We now have 62 children that we assist from grades 1 to grade 10 and ages 6 to 17. And we provide, uh, we're continuing to pay for their school in the government school, but we also provide tutorials that we've hired qualified teachers because in the government schools, there'll be 100 students to one teacher. And if you fall behind, there's no teacher office hours. You really are just struggling. So we have offered the opportunity to our kids to come for tutorials three days a week as well. And we continue to feed the kids. But I think one of my favorite programs that we've started is a life skills program. Mm -hmm. And that is to help teach these children different trades and skills for to provide for their family now and their future family. 
So we have started an agriculture program where we currently grow corn, uh, pumpkins, sweet potatoes, onions, cabbage, wow. different kinds of greens. And then our agriculture, we have goats and <laughs> guinea pigs and rabbits because the, this gives the children empowerment. They are in charge of those animals. They are in charge of the garden. They feed the animals. They let them out. They clean the cages and everything every day. And this gives them something to be um, to build empowerment and build confidence in them. We also teach carpentry, bricklaying, sewing, so barbering, great. just so many different skills that are needed there. Yes. And that will um, just assist them to provide for their own families. They can grow food at home so and great. so forth. So... It's really just about becoming one big family because we really want the guardians to, they also come for trainings and we do meetings with them so that way they can learn just how important community and just a future is. That's so good. I love it. You said it's like we want to be just one big family and I think that's what we're all craving. Like yes. whether you live in Africa or you live in America, like we're all craving that community and that ability to be part of a family. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also love that you, that just the journey, I just taking one step at a time, because like you said in 2011, if you would have even said you're going to Africa, you would have said no way. But then now to see God has just continued to expand your, the vision, the reach of the ministry. And I think sometimes when we decide to take a step out, we want to see the whole picture and God's saying, you can't handle the whole picture. Like just step out in faith and take a step and watch me move there. And then he begins to, to enlarge our territory and enlarge our vision because we probably wouldn't take a step out in the first place if he showed us the whole thing. So. No, if you would have showed me what For the Love Orphans is today, I would have been terrified. Um <laughs> It's just, it's grown into a vision that only God could have imagined. Mm -hmm. And the just all the love that goes on. I mean, I'm constantly getting pictures and we miss you. When are you coming Aww. back? And the kids are just amazing. And I think one of the biggest things that keeps me going is the transformation. Mm -hmm. Because these children, they live, they live in grass huts. They sleep on the floor, uh, dirt floors. Yeah. They have no running water. They have no electricity. And... Yet they're still craving, they, they crave love, they crave school and education. They want to learn. They want those opportunities. And to be able for the Lord to just use me to provide those things is just amazing. And to see how these children went, I mean, their eyes, their eyes are just dead inside. Mm -hmm. And to see the joy and the hope in their eyes now and the smiles, Oh, their smiles are contagious. Aww, I love it. That is what keeps me going every day. I mean, when those days are rough and I miss home and I miss my family, that that is what continues is to keep me there. So tell me maybe one favorite story of transformation oh that you've seen. I know that that's probably like asking a parent which kid is your favorite because they're all <laughs> your is, favorite. It but is, is just there like that. one that stands out that's like, this is one that I want to celebrate and just share what God's done? Yeah. Um... There is one, one, I guess a young man, because he is 16. Mm -hmm. He loves school, loves school. And he's actually number one in his class. Wow. And he had his family, no one had a way to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Both of his parents have passed away due to HIV. And he lives with an elder sister. And they live just in that grass hut on the floor and everything. And he came to us 
with a teacher recommendation and was just like, please help me. And he just got on his knees and just said, please, please help me. And we went through the normal application process with him. And I just said, you know, God, God told me you have to. And I was like, okay, you're part of it. Let's join. And he did. And he just strived. He became one of the biggest leaders amongst our children. Mm -hmm. He has helped um, teach skills that we're talking about. And he really just, he came in, he just stepped up and just loved on everybody. Um, He just, he radiates love. He loves the Lord. He is one of our biggest evangelism um, people out there. We do evangelism every other Saturday in our community. And he is the first one to step up and pray. Um, We pray over the healing and we pray over the elderly a lot as well. So that's one of that's another one of my favorite things about For the Love Orphans is that we do go out into the community twice a month and we do acts of kindness. So maybe oh. we'll help them with their garden. One time we built um, a wall around someone's outdoor toilet. <laughs> and uh, one of the biggest things is just doing evangelism. So cool. So that transformation to see this young man just, just empty and desperation to now he is just so full of life and he is striving and I'm so excited to see how God is going to use him in the future because God has big plans for that young man. No doubt. And I Mm -hmm. just think about like, if you had not said yes to this call in 2012, Mm -hmm. like if you wouldn't have taken that step of faith to say, yes, God, I'm willing, Mm -hmm. I'll do it. No matter what people are saying, I'm going to listen to your voice then that this story wouldn't have happened. Like he wouldn't have had the opportunity to, to, to pursue everything that God's placed in his Mm -hmm. life. So what I love is the ripple effect of our yes. Like Mm -hmm. if we don't say yes to what God's called us to do, the, then we miss out on getting to be part of his plan. And so now like all of these kids that are having an opportunity to impact their community and generations to come all because of a yes to a trip to go with your dad to Africa. Exactly. Pretty amazing. It is. It is. It's, it's really amazing to see just all the steps that take you to the place you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and just how, I mean, God uses everybody. And I think that's what I try the most to share with people is you are never too broken. It does not matter what your past is. Yeah. Because God will use you in amazing ways. And he oftentimes he even uses your past to relate yeah. with others and to show others that he really truly uses everybody. Um, so you're never too broken. You're never too weak. God made you exactly how you are and to fill his purpose. That's so good. So. Okay, so for people who are listening today, lots of people across Timbers have heard about For the Love of Orphans because you're one of our ministry partners, and yes. we love getting to hear updates about everything that God's doing. Mm-hmm. But for those who are listening who might not have heard about what you're doing in Zambia, can you share um, a little bit about how people can find out more and how they could possibly get connected to supporting the ministry and, and just seeing what's going on? Definitely. So we have a website, for the love of orphans.org. And we also have a wonderful Facebook page, which is also for the love of orphans that you can find us there. And we do our best to do daily updates. Um, And I also send out a monthly newsletter. So if you'll just contact me on either one of those, that would be great. The for the love of orphans, it is um, the nonprofit here in Texas, and it is the sole um, financial of the orphan care center in Zambia. So, um, Everything that is donated 
goes over to Zambia and helps over there. We have a very small overhead cost. And so that's one of the biggest things that I love about our small ministry mm-hmm. is when we see a need, we can help. And when we see that there's a new program that could really benefit the children, we're able to try and assist in every way. And I think one of our biggest things that um, your support and your help is to add more children to our program, to help more children, to give them that hope, to give them education and that great future that God has planned for them. And just helping with their education, but their clothes and meals, Mm -hmm. you know, that's something that we really take for granted here is all the food on every corner and in the grocery stores. And that's not there. You go to the market and a lot of people don't even, can't even afford that. So that's why our meal program, even though it is by far our most expensive one, it is the The biggest. Well, yeah, because if they're not nourished, like the school part isn't going to happen. If they don't have the proper nourishment, their brains aren't going to be able to function, to be able to retain and to learn all these skills that you guys have. Well, and the sicknesses, um, I mean, diseases is very big over there, especially malaria. I've had it four times now. Oh, girl. Yeah. And um, your body can't fight if it's not properly nourished. And so our meal program is one of the things that we really, along with evangelism and school, is one of the things that we really try to promote is just how important it is. Because here, oh, it's just eating, you know, but over there it's living, it's surviving. So for those that are listening today, you may not feel called to go to Zambia to start a ministry, but you can be part of what Megan is doing and what For the Love of Orphans is doing just by partnering with them to sponsor a child or to be part of providing these meals for kids. So one last question for you. If you were sitting across the table from our listeners today, our difference makers, what is one thing that you would say to encourage them to to either start using their gifts and passions and stories or to continue to use them in the places God's given them influence because he's given you influence in Africa with these kids and with the families that are in your community. But we all have places that we've got influence, whether it's in our homes or our workplaces. So what would you say just in closing to our difference makers? Don't wait. Mm. Don't put it off because you're never going to find that extra time. You're never going to be able to grow enough or build yourself up enough or be ready. Stop doubting yourself Mm -hmm. and stop making excuses and just don't wait. Just go for it. I encourage you to start today, start tomorrow, but start as soon as you can because if you wait, you'll never step out of your comfort zone. That's good. Yeah. Thank you so much, Megan. I've enjoyed this conversation so much and can't wait to hear more about what God's doing through your ministry. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and for allowing me to share the opportunity. Of course. So Difference Makers, you heard Megan. Don't wait. Take a step today. It may be a small step, um, but just start to step out into what God's called you to do and the places he's given you influence. And, and, and just like Megan shared about her story and little by little seeing God open the doors, you never know what's going to be on the other side of your yes. So take a step today. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast for us and, and share it. Um, we want you to share this podcast with other difference makers in your life so that they can also take steps to use their their gifts and passions and stories. So thanks so much for subscribing and for sharing. Have a great day and we'll we'll join you for the next podcast.